Hey, hey, hey. This is Conscious Sedation Podcast. Um, this is our third shift, and I'm Ryan. I'm Tiffany. And Wu Chow. I'm tired. This is Beyonce. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hold on. All right. Wu Chow, I'm tired. What? Wu Chow, this is the third shift. You know, the third shift is always the hardest to get through in the week. That, that last true. shift is Tasha, y'all. Let's go. <laughs> So thank you for tuning in. We saw so many of you all tune in last shift, and we appreciate all of our followers, likes, likers, sharers, all of that. So we are going to get right into it. If you guys are not following us on Facebook, please do. You can follow us on Facebook at Get Sedated 705. You may also follow us on Twitter at Get Sedated 705. Instagram, a little bit different. Instagram is conscious underscore sedation. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S underscore sedation on Instagram. We're going to get right into some juicy stuff today. Mm-hmm. But before we get into all of our juicy goodness, we are going to have a mindful moment. Mm-hmm. Nope, you know what? I'm sorry. Let's not have a mindful moment first. Let's recap last week. Because it was lit. <laughs> last week was, it was a lot going on last week. It was week. a lot. It but was the hashtags lot. were priceless. Yes. Can so, I please go first? Yes. <laughs> uh, you do not want that resistance. That's my hashtag. You don't want that resistance. Oh, gosh. Because <laughs> you don't. I died. Because you, you don't, don't want that, that resistance. No, Mm-mm. please don't get the resistance. Tiff? Well, that was my hashtag, but there was another. Got him. him. That's why she wanted to go first. Exactly. exactly. Y'all see what happened. That's exactly why I wanted to go first. Y'all see what happened. Uh, There were some other priceless moments. Uh, Tasha and the PSA. (laughs) Super strong P. Thank y'all for a pop filter. Come through. Pop filter. PSA. PSA. (laughs) And my hashtag is... Wrap it right and wrap it tight. Mm-hmm. That was a good okay. Because mm-hmm. you want to do that. You want to wrap it right and wrap it tight. Definitely a quotable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it could be a slogan. It definitely could. It could um, be. Copyright that right now. Yeah. So don't T- nobody get any Wrap it right, wrap it right, TM. TM uh, circa twenty registered twenty seventeen March first. Yeah, you heard right. it here first. Bam. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're going to do our mindful moment. Okay. Tasha, you want to go first on that one too? Or? Yeah. Okay. Why not? Okay, you first, you're last. <laughs> All right. So, at my mindful moment, I have two. I'm taking Ryan's right Oh. I see how the judgment was strong last week. Mm-hmm. Now you got two mm-hmm. this week. I know. I have so two. So, she taking mm-hmm. hashtags. She two. going. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. going in. Okay. I'm go- All right. All uh, right. My first one is... My honey has been here all week. He's been here since last Thursday. And he's just been really good to me. Like, he's fixing stuff. I got new blinds. I, he stabilized my island, shot some nails in that thing, and mm-hmm. been doing, like, washing dishes, making my lunch before I go to work, and um, kind of been here bored wait, by himself wait, let's when I go back. to work. Let's back it up. What? Let's back it up. Making your lunch before yeah. you go to work? Yeah. That's a lot. I know. Mm-hmm. So it's been really good. Like, our quality time has been really good this week. So I'm really mindful of that and grateful for him. Uh, one of my coworkers was like, you're in a good mood. And I was like, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I am. On those nails. It's, yeah. yeah. In the island. Mm-hmm. I might take them to Red Lobster. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. That's the yeah. Okay. Now we get Some of y'all Beyonce might reference. catch that. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Some of y'all I'm might catch that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my second, like, mindful moment is um, I've been working on, like, some creative projects, journals for myself, and I actually got one in the mail this week so I'm super excited stay tuned for that, that really excited exciting. to kind of see that take off and you know yeah yeah see what happens I mean I'm trying to get a pre-order in you playing pre-orders will be available just as soon as I find a local printer so that is exciting awesome. see excited. sometimes you need to now you feel me sometimes yeah. you just need to yeah sometimes good. you do need to because life is just that good Ooh, look at y'all. Oh, 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 Steph. Oh, the nails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hashtag nails. Right, yes. <laughs> uh, my mindful moment, uh, I am going to pass patho. <laughs> I have my second test this week, and I did much better than I did on the first test. Good. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited. It's Friday. The weekend is coming. Get to kick back for a couple days. Take a little road trip with Bay. So, mm-hmm. Where y'all going? Cleveland. Oh. <laughs> Stand up, Cleveland. So, yeah. LeBron. Mm-hmm. LeBron. <laughs> Ryan missed that joke. Oh. It's okay, though. It's okay. Y'all like mm-hmm. to bond when I'm not around. It's cool. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. We, we just still love you, though. I know. Hey, I never doubt the love. I just doubt the loyalty. So, my Ooh. mindful moment. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> I <Okay>. am. <laughs> right. I'm truly mindful um, today of, of motherhood. And I am very thankful in the midst. Okay, so first, let me tell y'all this. So, this week, I have been about two redirects, mm-hmm. 0.15 <laughs> wines, and about four loads of laundry from walking completely away from my life, okay? <laughs> <laughs> because the issue is real. Mm-hmm. But in that, I have to be mindful and I have to be grateful for the life that I have at the same time mm-hmm. because there are so many people who cannot bear children. There are so many women and families, couples who struggle to to have children, and I did it very effortlessly. And I am just thankful I have three wonderful daughters. They are healthy. They are very smart. They are funny and truly the lights of my life. And so I have to, no matter how hard it gets, I'm going to choose to be mindful instead of complain about about my motherhood journey. So that's my mindful moment this week. Whoop, whoop. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. So we also got a couple emails again. And hey. hey. report. All right. Platform. Right. Platform. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to do better this week than I did last week. Hey, I think you so. did just fine last week, too. All right. So first email. Um, we have a question about um, it had to do with the I'm doing it again. (laughs) (laughs) We got a filibuster, but it's all right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, there was a comment about the hypersexualization of our teens today. Mm -hmm. And the question is, what can we do about this and how can we change it? 
Um, I feel like this is an extremely loaded question. So, mm. Tasha, take mm. it away with the first thought. Ooh, um, my most basic response to that is within our society, which is a capitalistic society, where people believe that sex sales, it's just hard to lose that that perception. And so it would, I mean, it would take a complete overhaul of the way we rear people, the way we sell things, the way we buy things, and all of that kind of stuff for that to go away. And so long as people are buying it, that's what's going to be available. And that's just like the most basic answer that I can provide as far as changing it within your home on that point to point level. What you can do is rear your children differently to have a different set of values and not really be pulled in or, or duped by that commercialism. Um, but that's my best answer, mm-hmm. especially on the short version. What you think, Ryan? So um, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, personally, in the way that I rear my children, since you're speaking more on a personal level, um, I, I agree with you that I cannot really do anything to control um, what's going on in the world. <laughs> um, all I can do is do the best that I can to educate my children and give them the knowledge that I have to help them to make wise decisions. So that being said, <laughs> I cannot expect that they are never going to engage in hypersexualized activities. Mm-hmm. However, I can do my part as a mom. So my philosophy is um, idle hands are the devil's playground. So I mm-hmm. keep my children extremely busy, and I plan to continue to do that as they move through, especially those horny preteen and teenage years. Um, and then hopefully, by the time they go to college, I will have set... Um, such a excellent foundation that um, being over sexualized or um, falling prey to those types of things they won't even be interested in it because they they've already had their foundation set I think that's the key is catching them in those early years um, to prevent them from from falling prey to being over sexualized or being interested in that um, I agree with uh, both of you on how you um express like the best ways to like rear the children um i think the tricky part about it is like what do you do with all of us that are already like grown and like living in society like what do you do with all of us yeah um but i think that would take like a huge overhaul of like the planet Mm -hmm. and i don't even know where you would begin to do that but like you guys said, I think it definitely starts in the home um, with your children and even the children that your yes. children come in contact with. Make mm-hmm. sure if you see a little one, you know, strain to the little, mm-hmm. to the little side, just bring mm-hmm. them back in the fold. If they don't have someone to guide them and kind of do what you can within your community to help the kids that you're around. But for the rest of us, mm. it might be a lost cause. <laughs> can I just be transparent because we like to keep with that thing every yes. week? Listen, y'all, I was the fat kid, all right? (laughs) And so this, like, kind of worked in my favor because while everybody was kissing or doing something Mm -hmm. along those more adult lines, well, nobody was checking for me at all. Mm -hmm. And so 
I mean, real selfish, but my hope is that I have the ugly duckling that kind of blossoms into the <laughs> swan. That is <laughs> serious. That's I mean, not like, right. Listen, no. let me get that unibrow kid or, you know what I'm saying? Because they can always be attractive later. But initially, not. no. No, they would you with these jeans. Y'all don't see me pointing at myself. With these jeans, they bound to be beautiful. But you can't. But in the beginning, brow. I mean, it's okay. We can get cruel? that fixed. That's no, cruel. no, that's not genetic. That's not like jeans. Like your it your is. symmetry is off. Like somebody got a lot of hair on their yeah. face. <laughs> that's, that's you, your, you and then you're setting you them up for all kind of bullying. And mm-hmm. yeah, you no, know. no, because you build a strong sense of self. It's okay. Oh. So yeah, I you want my like, kids to like not be like knocked down, drag out when they're young. Like I don't want my young, like preteen or thirteen year old, to look like a stacked up ass oh, grown no, woman, which I a agree. lot of these girls do, and that's what leads to that kind of hypersexualization because men who are not in their age group at all true. and otherwise find them attractive, and that's so true. they figure that out way too young. And so for me, mm-hmm. like it was a long time before I was like consistently cute and I can pull up my senior book and look at some of them hairstyles and stuff like that, which it was trendy, but it was a hot mess. No, yeah, I agree with that. I agree that um, <laughs> that a lot of the <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of the little girls do look older than they than they actually are. And that can completely contribute to um <laughs> to the over sexualization but i mean that's in the food like, that's yeah, yeah that yeah. goes back to even the beginning you know breastfeeding and healthy weight starting from the very beginning and then yeah what you eat mm-hmm. staying away from that four for four mm-hmm. staying away do what you staying away do what you do you do what's best for you don't take away the four for four around your own front door four for four should be a bonus not a daily thing Thing. You gotta you gotta get your greens in too. So yeah, I completely you agree. You should. I mean that's that's shift one though. So we gotta we gotta we stay. have to have growth. We, supposedly. We yeah. What was your grade this week? Yeah. Oh, no. You were doing so well. And I fell off. No. Okay. Alright, so um, so there was the first question. So that was a definitely a loaded one. The second question is also along the lines of um, hypersexualization. I see this is that should have been hashtag too. Oh, um, maybe next year. Hashtag what? Hypersexualization. <laughs> hypersexualization. This is in all of our emails. So um, this particular um, person says that they have uh, young daughters, um, and they wanted to know what we thought about. The issues of self-esteem, mm-hmm. self-worth, a lack of um, regular positive male influences, a loss of innocence, um, and the hypersexualization that plagues the young um, population. Uh, they wanted to know kind of our thoughts on how this can affect young black women or I guess young women in general and their health. So also another loaded question. Another loaded one. Let's go. <laughs> that could be a whole entire shift all on its own. Just talking about um, young ladies and their self-esteem and self-worth. I mean. Young boys too. Yes. Men too. That Yes. That's true. They Theirs teeters a little longer, I think, than. <laughs> yeah, they be into their 30s still struggling. 
with self-worth and self-esteem they play it off easier i think than girls Mm -hmm, though mm -hmm. do though you know like you would never know like a young gentleman or young man who might be struggling with self-esteem because they they hide under the facade of masculinity a lot of times and try to fit themselves into those categories that are considered super masculine their role their gender Mm -hmm. role Mm -hmm. i agree i think we've interested entered into an interesting time too where self-esteem is directly connected to social media and social media as it pertains to a kid's own social media accounts and then social media as it pertains to cyberbullying or what have you yes. can really tear a person apart and as an adult even like you know we've heard about twitter fingers and stuff like that and people get super reckless on the internet and comments when they don't have to come face to face with a person Absolutely. and acknowledge whatever damage mm-hmm. they've done. It can be a really difficult situation to tackle as far as self-esteem, hypersexualization, um, and there's only so much that you can control. Mm-hmm. I would imagine, I'm again, not a parent, I would imagine when you're with your children, you try to monitor Uh, control at some point what comes into them what you're pouring into them and vice versa but if you work nine to five Mm -hmm. you're away from your child from nine to five and what other influences come in you really don't have a whole lot of say or filter on what happens so another thing that kind of starts at home and building their self-worth early on yes like and really trying to come back and, and almost going yeah and almost going like beginning. overboard oh sure because mm-hmm. over time those little voices those little things those interactions at school those social media you know um disses hashtags uh, you know memes uh, even the memes and stuff that come out i see like the actual people ones and it might make me laugh Yes. But I it's might inbox person. it to I might get on me about listen, that. I might send it to my friends before I post it to Instagram mm-hmm. because I think this is like actually somebody's picture. Right. So somebody's, baby. you know, we all kind of fall victim to that. Sure. But I think it does like with young women and trying to build that you almost have to go overboard the opposite direction and pouring into them mm-hmm. and getting them in a space where they can be comfortable in their own skin and who they are but you have to have that too you have to have it in order to give that back. agree mm-hmm. and i'm gonna go a step further with what you said about it starting at home and starting early again having daughters um and i have a daughter who's entering preteen years so she's also um, subsequently entering puberty. Mm-hmm. I am very conscious about what I say to her about the changes that I see happening in her body. And I also have educated my immediate family about um, avoiding making comments to her like yeah maybe she is starting to develop breast buds or yeah maybe she is starting to um, you know get hair under her arms or maybe she's starting to shape up and look like a young woman but we don't know how she feels about her her changing body. And so the last thing we want to do is say something. Maybe she didn't even notice mm-hmm. that she was starting to change. And then maybe she becomes uncomfortable about that. And so um, and even most of the time, I think family members mean absolutely no harm. Right. You know, like I remember when I first started getting breasts, my aunt was was like, oh, my gosh, you're getting boobs. And she poked me like in my breast and her. That was her way of celebrating me. And I know that. But it also made me kind of keenly. Yes. Aware 
cower down a little bit inward and like want to hide my breasts from everybody because I knew I had these breasts because I look at them every day. But dang, now you're letting me know that everybody can see my breasts. And I'm not sure how I feel about that because this is all new for me. And so I'm very conscious of that in building self-esteem and self-confidence is very important particularly in during puberty and when the body is changing, um, when sexualization starts to happen, you start to understand sex and what that means and what that can mean for you. And you want to make sure that your growing child um, is very comfortable in their skin. Um, I think I think that's key because even if as a little person, they were comfortable in their skin, when their body starts to change, that could all change for them in their mind, the way they feel, you know, their emotions, how they feel about themselves. And so I'm very conscious of that as a mother to be careful about what I point out in my daughters. Um, and then just to answer the last part of this question about like loss of innocence and hypersexualization, I think it's just really important to keep the doors of communication open during this um, period of the child's life. Um, many times they have questions about what's happening. They have questions about like just sex and what it is and how it can affect them. Yes. And, um, many times if you can kind of answer these questions, that kind of promotes their self-esteem. They don't feel weird about it. They don't feel ashamed if they know about it and they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, also I'm sure like as their friends are having sex and, uh oh, this friend caught something, what does that mean? Or like these types of things. If One you got pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These things are happening and to act like they don't, I think makes the problem worse. So it's important sure. to discuss these things because maybe it hasn't happened with that child, but they see it mm-hmm. around them. So um, to make sure that the discussions happen there. You know, initiating that conversation as a parent, I think it's great to make sure that door stays open so that your child knows they can always come to you. But to make sure that sometimes you initiate conversation with your child, because truly when you're initiating the conversation is a surefire way for your child to know, okay, cool, we can talk about this. Like, cause mama brought it up or daddy brought it up. And I will also, speaking of dads, um, there is no conversation <laughs> when it comes to puberty, especially with a daughter, since this particular email was about speaking about um, having daughters. There is no conversation that will ever trump the conversation with a father mm-hmm. about self-esteem and about sex mm-hmm. and about puberty and about a changing body. Nobody can give a little girl better perspective mm-hmm. on how to navigate through that time period than her father. I mean, a, a woman, a mother can teach her daughter how to be a lady, mm-hmm. right? She can teach her how to, to be a lady and how to keep a house. But I truly feel... Um, that a father is the one who truly teaches her how to navigate in relationships and a father can truly build better self-worth and better self-esteem um, than anybody else in her life. And so I think as a, as a father, be conscious of that. Be conscious. Be in your, in your children's life, period, but particularly your daughters, because you set the tone. You set the tone of what they what they're gonna look for. You set the tone of how they're going to be um, out here with their in terms of their self confidence or how they feel how much they feel that they are worth. Um, and so, take hold to that and and love on your little daughters, daddies. So, just as a question to you, like as a parent, how would you suggest you initiate that conversation, and when? Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of parents, adults, even are 
awkward about having these conversations and we could do it we're nurses but even then we had to learn how to kind of break that to ice navigate yeah yeah even, that. yeah even talking to one another or talking to your caregivers talking to your friends it's never an easy conversation to have based on whatever societal rules we're living within mm-hmm. how and and when do you introduce these sorts of things to your daughters to build that confidence okay so i think like you mentioned tasha it starts from the very beginning so um even when your your children are small and they even if they can't speak themselves, they can certainly understand tones and understand language long before they can convey message messages to us through language. And so starting from that point and so self-esteem and confidence is so much more than you're so pretty. Right. Building confidence in a child is you're so smart or wow, look, you figured that out or did you do that all by yourself? Look, I knew you could do that. Those are types of things that start to build confidence in a person from from very young. And so, um, you know, that's just speaking positively to your child that builds confidence. In terms of um, just having the talk, I think there are layers to having the talk. And so the very first time that my daughter and I had a the first part of the talk was when she was about nine, actually. Um, And we talked about her body and what changes she could expect in her own body um, as it relates to puberty. Because nine, unfortunately, is the very earliest that a little girl can start to develop breast buds or even start her menstrual cycle, start a period. And so I had no idea. There's no way to know when your child is going to call you screaming from the toilet because they, or get a call from the nurse because they didn't start their period unexpectedly. And so I wanted to prepare her. And so we had the conversation about um, breast changes and um, we had the conversation about a period and what she can expect um, from her body once that starts to happen. And so then once we had that conversation, Um, Of course, I asked if she had any questions, a lot of things she didn't know. And that's another thing. You don't know what your kids already Mm -hmm. know because children talk to one another. And so I wasn't sure what she already knew. And so me, again, initiating that conversation allowed me into her space. Not so much do I need her to be in my space. I need to be. (laughs) <laughs> I need to be comfortable with having making sure her door is open, <laughs> too. And so figuring out what the heck she knows. And so some things she knew and some things she didn't know. Um, but I could tell she appreciated that conversation. And I could tell that she was a little bit more relaxed um, about after we had the conversation. Because like you said, Tiffany, some of her friends had already started to develop breast buds. And some of her friends had already had periods. And I'm talking about my daughter was nine. And so some of her friends had already had these experiences. Um, And so, again, she was thankful and I think a little bit more relaxed. And so the next layer of that conversation was sex. And it was age appropriate. It wasn't anything graphic or vulgar. And it was basically the birds and the bees. Thankfully, I have a very smart child. (laughs) And she understood what mating was. She understood the purpose of mating. Um, because one time we were outside and we saw two. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what type of animal? Yeah. Did y'all they were actually scheduled. Yeah, they lesson. were actually insects, though. Like again, super smart child. They were two, and I can't remember if they were slugs or if they were worms or something. And she said, "Look, mommy, they're mating." And I said, "Oh, they are." And that was when I realized it's time to have the human mating talk because she's ready. She understands the 
physical process of it, what it means. And so we talked about sex. We talked about um, boy parts and woman parts. And we talked about how they come together. We talked about her own life. You know, you got to have a mommy and a daddy to make a baby, just like your mommy and daddy came together to make you. And she understood that. And so um, just here recently, we had the, the gross names talk. Like, right, like the dick and pussy and all the <laughs> slang terms that we use for penis and vagina because the last thing I want is for somebody to be like, hey, <laughs> you know what? Suck my thing. And she don't know what the heck is going on, right? And so I want her to be well aware of that. And so, that, again, layers and sprinkle throughout those the talk conversations lots of confidence building lots of making sure she's cool with who she is even sometimes I just ask my girls are you happy are you happy do you like your life are you cool like do you feel good about your life um, because I think that I mean we all know that little girls suffer from depression sometimes mm-hmm. that's a common symptom when you're going through puberty and all that and so I outwardly ask my daughters are you happy and so I think, I mean, I, again, I'm not perfect as a parent. I'm figuring it out. And my daughter, thankfully, is a good guinea pig because she's just so great. Um, but I think that I think I might be kind of doing a little bit good. Mm-hmm. That, you need to give yourself more credit. I don't yeah. know. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's how I have been navigating it. Now, I, I'm nervous that she moves into teenage life and... Um, starts to have more freedom and I'm able to control her choices less and less I'm nervous about that because I don't know but you put down a really good foundation so she's got she's got like a wealth of knowledge to come from and a lot of kids don't even have that like they have nothing so you've done excellent oh, I'm gonna she'll cry. do great mm-hmm. I take mama. parenting so seriously <laughs> like it As is such should. I, like, don't look at them as little people. I look at them as adults. Like, I am raising adults. I want them to be productive members of society. I want them to... And so I take it very seriously. Mm -hmm. I think, too, like like you had said, dads play a huge part in developing the self-esteem and confidence of their daughters because that is the first relationship of... A, a woman with a man opposite, yep. where the man has no agenda and so I huh. think if that say that again yeah, if that relationship is intact it it creates the grounds for women to avoid a lot of pitfalls mm. in their dating life and I didn't figure that out until very late in my own life and going through a lot of therapy trying to work through my issues with not having my father around and not valuing myself as high as I should. And I definitely fell victim to a lot of the things that, you know, people do in this life to harm themselves and thank God for his grace that it didn't destroy me, but not for lack of trying. Wow. And I'm definitely like a big advocate of dads, you know, be that person, take your daughters out on a date. You know, pick them up, take them out, do whatever it is you think another guy should do for them or would like another guy to be to them in their lives and show them, model that behavior so that when a real one comes along, they're like, oh, we did this before. I know this. Or when an F boy comes by, they're like, nah, 
Mm-hmm. That's not how it's supposed to be. And they will be okay letting that person move on yep. without hanging on to that just to grasp some sort of male attention, affection, or whatever. Because it can be very damaging and not just to the woman, but if she then has daughters, sons, if she doesn't undo any of that damage, she just passes it on. Isn't that crazy how mm-hmm. we just pass on more than our genes? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> nature versus nurture. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Wow. Definitely. So that was a good question, though. Ooh, I mean, Excellent I'm a little warm in here thinking about that question. Do we have any more? Well, that was it. That's our week. last question for this week. For this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was great. Mm-hmm. So if you have questions for us, please inbox me, email us. Our email address is getsedated705. That's G E T S E D A T E D 705 at gmail.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hit us up. Hit us mm-hmm. up again because we've been doing well. I mean, this, we is, this is shift three. And we have had inboxes. Yes, we have. Every time. We really have. Yeah. Like, have. legit, legit questions. And these are real. Actually, we did not make them up yeah, and send them to ourselves. I mean, we're not above that. <laughs> now, let the inbox get dry, though. <laughs> I'm not above asking somebody to send an email question. I mean, I may or may not create <laughs> a fake <laughs> email account and send it to our own inbox. Okay. So, <laughs> this week... We are talking about what you won't do. Hospital etiquette, what you won't do. This is like the patient and family edition. Yes, patient and family. So, <laughs> mm. so, so he, we're going to switch it up a little bit this week. Okay, so last week um, we had our topic, right? And then we also had nurses' notes. Now, today we're going to mix them all together. So, we're going to talk about what you won't do. And then we're going to follow it up with education. We're going to talk about what you will do, what you should do, what we want you to do. Okay? So that and you have why? the best. why? <laughs> and why? Yes, and why? So, Tiff, you want to kick us off? I will get us started. Please get us started, Tiff. Oh, we're to start. We're to start. <laughs> Put your seatbelts on. Already. Woo. All right. So I'm going to tackle the elephant in the room. <laughs> the visitation policies. Oh. Why are they there and should you abide by them? They're there for the patient's safety, definitely. How so? And for me in the ICU, the patient and their condition and their treatment comes first. Um, You being allowed to see them and coming in the room is all secondary. Once we have them stabilized, they're doing better where we can bring you in, answer your questions all good the visitation policies also um, protect for HIPAA Um, a lot of times the unit will close down by the unit I mean I see you what is HIPAA before you go into all that what's HIPAA mean HIPAA is another big thing and it is not spelled like HIPAA H-I-P-P-A it is H-I-P-A-A and this is HIPAA yes (laughs) yes HIPAA HIPAA So, essentially, the government has created a ton of laws to protect patients, their information, their um, stay in the hospital, all of these types of things. It's all bundled into one. Mm -hmm. And so, pretty much what you should expect as a patient, you should be able to come in 
be treated for XYZ and expect that information to be protected. It can be shared with people that you allow, but also let people know that they just because they know you're there and they call and ask about you, we can't give them information. Um, a lot of times family members get upset if they're not on the list. They call for info and we say we can't give them any. Why? I know they're there. Fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if that patient didn't express to us that they don't want you to know, we can't help you. But back to the visitor policy. Um, <laughs> so during shift change, a lot of times the nurses will do um, bedside report. So um, with this, the patients are in the room, the nurses are at the bedside, and we're discussing information. A lot of times if family members are coming and going at this time, you can inadvertently hear about someone else's situation, which is inappropriate. So a lot of times that's why the unit will close during shift change while that's going on so that we can give the best report to take care of the patient and so that their information's protected. Um, also, there's times when the unit just needs to shut down sometimes. and um, Like flu restrictions. Yes. Flu restrictions is a big one where we don't want a whole bunch of little ones to come into the unit just because mm-hmm. there's a lot of big, bad, nasty infections that are in a hospital. And so some it's for your safety, number one, if we say no one under this age can come in during this time. Um, and there's always options. Keep them in the waiting room. Keep them at home. Um, if possible as well too just to protect them a lot of times there's inadvertent stuff pacifier drops on the floor they pick it up put it back in their mouth Ooh, and that happened. was the seed for they walk like, around that was without the their socks or shoes so, on yeah there's they a lot step on a sharp somewhere little kids you can't you can't always predict what's gonna happen so mm-hmm. a lot of and that that's pretty much the hospital in general yeah. Wow. Speaking of visitation and labor and delivery, a lot of times we we don't have very strict labor and delivery um, policies as far as visitation at the hospital that I'm in now. We do limit the amount of people who are present during a delivery just because things can turn for the worst very quickly. And a lot of times we don't need a lot of bodies between the door and the operating room because that time is really precious to provide whatever treatment we need to provide to save a life or maybe two. Um, In addition to that, like say if we have a patient with high blood pressures, having a room full of people drives up that stimulation and thus increasing the patient's risk to become sicker. And so I think what's important in talking about visitation, Tiff, you're probably not really familiar with this part of it because in the ICU a lot of patients are tubed or sleep whatever but on my side um, notifying the patient about that and letting them know this is our visitation policy Um, this is why we're doing this so if I have a patient with extremely high blood pressures I like to communicate that to them and of course I think that a lot of times having your family and friends there is comforting for the patient but within reason Mm -hmm. and so I'm always open and explaining and educating my patient in that regard it's like I don't want to isolate you I don't want you to be here by yourself however I also don't want you to have a seizure Um, so I will explain that to them and they can kind of be their own like visitation police person as opposed to making the nurse the bad guy Mm -hmm. I'll be like hey you know before you call everybody up here understand this is your situation this is your health picture 
And this is the best way that I can take care of you in this moment. And sometimes that does involve limiting visitors. Yeah, because a lot of times when you have a room full of people, really they just be in the way. Spectating. They're just in, the way. in my way. Like, move. <laughs> I cannot get to, get the, to the IV pump. Mm-hmm. Move. Can't get to the patient. They're in the bed sometimes. I mean, just move. <laughs> and then the visitors want to act like you're in their way. Mm-hmm. Or bombard you when you do come in the room, which might lead into some other topics that we have. I mean, okay, so back to the patients in the room, because we're not done there. It's too many patients. So, like, when, I mean, too many visitors, yeah. So, when you have to ask me to bring in another chair, it's too many of you guys. It's a whole couch, a chair, There are too many of you. Mm -hmm. There are too many. Like, again, back to labor and delivery. I see all the time a new postpartum woman or even a woman in early labor. And she's playing hostess to these people. Oh, she's yeah. putting on a TV what they want to watch. They ain't there eating McDonald's and hot eat. Cheetos. And yeah, she can't eat. She's nauseous because she's smelling all of y'all's array fast of food. smells of fast food. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's not even fair. And so I understand that as a family member, you feel like you are doing your due diligence to be in the in the patient's room. You want to support your family member. You love this new baby who's coming. Or maybe you want to be there when your patient wakes up from a coma since we kind of talked about the ICU. Um, that's great. But do it in shifts, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe do it in shifts. Or maybe have one or two representatives there in the hospital. And, and I mean, we live in technology. Y'all can FaceTime. Y'all can... Mm-hmm. Um, text or whatever when a person wakes up or when a baby is born. It is not necessary for y'all to be in the hospital room, all of you, all hours of the day and night, every day and night. Mm-hmm. It's just not necessary. I think one of my biggest yeah. pet peeves, too, is that patients who have a room full of people, but they're lacking very basic things. So, like, I could have a patient in labor who's got a room full of folk witnessing this baby come into the world, but she doesn't have a car seat or she doesn't have a ride home. And you're like, how, Sway? How do you not have a ride home when all it's like 35 people in your room? If everybody gave a dollar, they could get you a car seat. No, they all leave when the baby's born. They're there for that part. And then when you Mm -hmm. need help changing a diaper or getting to a doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. Laundry, a meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll touch on that mm-hmm. yeah. in, okay. in another shift. Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> so be considerate and be considerate of the patient when you come to visit. I mean, it's not it's not really about you. No, mm-hmm. it's about them. So if they're getting tired and you just got there, respect that. Go, go to the waiting go. room. Yes. Go back home until they're yes. ready. Or if it's a rough time, the patient's doing poorly, and you're like, I just got here. Respect that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm leave mm-hmm. or come back at another time because or go sit in the waiting room the i mean hospitals have high. yeah hospitals have many places that you can go go mm-hmm. to the cafeteria mm-hmm. you shop. can go to the co- yeah go the to the chapel yeah go to the chapel mm-hmm. pray yes mm-hmm. pray have mm-hmm. a mindful moment have a mindful moment mm-hmm. yes you don't go have to sit up something. in mm-hmm. the hospital room um i agree yeah yeah oh and visitors <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She's got the Vis- finger out. <laughs> Visitors. 
me, I as the nurse, ask, is there anything that I can get? Most of the time, I'm not speaking <laughs> to the visitor, right? Sometimes I will be considered, and I'll get you a cup of ice water. I'll right. get you a blanket if it's a little chilly in the room. Maybe your patient is hot, right? Mm-hmm. And they are burning up and freezing everybody out. I can get you a blanket. But don't run me. I am not a bellhop. Oh, yes. Do not run me. The big visitor. H, the big H does not stand for Hilton. It doesn't stand for Hilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hospital. It's literally not a customer service venue. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all about customer service. We are all about wanting to to treat people with respect and treat mm-hmm. people well because we know that that's going to increase right. their you know, decrease their healing time, right? Decrease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. They'll, they'll get well sooner is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, visitors. This isn't about you. It's Basically not about what you. Said, yeah. And it's you don't have to be you. here. Yeah. It is not a right. It is now, a privilege. It's a privilege. Yeah. I will say, do tell us if you do feel faint. <laughs> because... <laughs> This this happens. People they get they get up there. They have an they all medical. They die better. They got the sugar. They got the sugar. They brought they they got the pressure. They took the insulin on their own dosing scale before they didn't even prick the finger. Just guessing. I know how I feel. You know what? Yeah, I need about this much. I could taste it. I smelt it in the air. Do that. That is yeah. a good point. Yeah, don't, don't become a patient while you're trying to visit somebody your head. else. Yeah, yeah. Take you straight downstairs to the ED. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Anything else you got over there, Tiffany? Um, other don'ts. Don't forget to say thank you, please, mm. and thank you. A lot of the things that your nurses do for you as the patient or for you as the family, um, a lot of stuff is us going the extra mile uh, to make sure because you're feeling not good, because you're feeling stressed, because you're feeling distressed, all of these things, we're trying to make you more comfortable. Um, And a lot of people think that it's things that we're supposed to do, which is true. Um, but there are also things that we're doing to help you. So a simple thank you goes a very long way. And sometimes you may get your nurse to cry if you say thank you because wow. it may be the thing frequently. that she needed to hear to get um, her through that shift. Yep, because she may just you don't know what goes on in other rooms or even what your family member just said to her outside of the room. Mm-hmm. So you just saying something simple as thank you. You're doing a great job. I appreciate mm-hmm. what you've done. Um, it brings you to tears and um, chocolate, cupcakes, <laughs> all these things Cookies. are nice as well. We appreciate mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and your snacks, fruit. <laughs> Don't not the homemade ones though. The homemade ones that is a little, little sketch. They can. I mean, we're grateful <laughs> for them, but they do make us a little nervous. Yeah, like, store bought hey. is just fine. Hey, I made this for you, this ethnic dish that you've never heard of before. Yes, that face. So one time I had a patient who I'd helped him. I mean, I'm saying him because he was the dominant presence in the room. But I'd helped um, her latch the baby. They were struggling. So she was trying to breastfeed. They were struggling, struggling, struggling. 
And they had some, they were from the Middle East. They were beautiful people, loved helping them, loved serving them. I came back before I was leaving my shift and they were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Or maybe it was the next day and I didn't have them as patients. And so they were like, thank you so much. You were so helpful. Please. (laughs) Not please. Please have some. And so I'm culturally aware, right? And so I know that it's rude to say say no no. in certain cultures. And so I was like, oh, you don't have to do that. You know, I just ate. And he was like, no, please, come, have some. No, I just ate. I did. I was like, oh. She tried it. And so and he was like, he's like, oh, what is it? And I'm like, oh, what is it? And it was some kind of something in goat's blood. And it was a celebratory dish because they'd had the baby. And so okay. have some. You talk about being between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to offend them, right. but I don't really want goat's blood. Mm-hmm. So, I'm a big girl, though. So, what I do? Take you one for the team. I put my big girl panties mm-hmm. on, and I had a little bit, and I said, thank you. And then I had to run to the bathroom. Did you vomit? I did. I did, and I tried so hard. I was like, am I just being mentally and emotionally petty? Like, is my really throwing up, or am I just being petty? I couldn't figure it out. Either way, it had to go. I blew chunks, and so I agree. Homemade is... That ain't what you want. Yeah. we. Mm-mm. So, first, let me disclaim that nurses do not accept gifts. We're not supposed to. We're not to. supposed to accept mm-hmm. gifts or tips or I mean, any no kind cash. of favors I've so had the, here's a little five you know <laughs> nobody tried to tip you to <laughs> not they five. did what and you it's do like, for right. what you do some strange huh? they said to go get some for lunch and I was like I can't take your cash but we can take chocolate like but I what said you earlier. could do is go out and get me <laughs> something mm-hmm. My favorite meal is this from this place. <laughs> Just talk something to strange. I ain't never had nobody offer me to tuck some. Like, you no had somebody cash. tuck some no, in your scrubs. No too. cash. That's <laughs> no cash. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. Anything else over there? On the don't list, I don't have any other don'ts. Oh, yes, I do. Come on with it. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, no. This mm-hmm. list could actually never mm-hmm. end. It's the song that doesn't end. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't bash my coworkers. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. bash the doctors. Now, I will put out a disclaimer. If somebody has done something to harm you, they've done something um, that could affect your well-being, let me know. But I in don't, the appropriate right. forum, there are places you right. can call to get that information out. Right. Um, and there's like appropriate channels and things mm-hmm. like that. What I don't want is for you to talk crap about like my cores, like I don't like so and so or blah 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 blah. Because the most that you'll get from me is a mm. <laughs> not okay. Mm. Like, I'm not going to take your side. These are the people that I work right. side by side mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do have, like, a valid concern, like, so-and-so, you know, stuck me for, you know, something and lost the blood and had to stick me again, something detrimental to you, 
let me know. I can let the manager know. Things like that. But don't be gossiping but about don't my gossip. co-workers because I'm mm-hmm. not going to engage in, in conversation. We're a team up here. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're a team. Word. What you got, I'm Elza? Well, I have more do's than don'ts, um, just because the don'ts should be kind of fundamental, although they miss people. I think people don't understand, like, please and thank you. These are fundamentals. You should always say please and thank you and stuff like that and not be rude and things like that. Um, But I want to say a few do's, like do be your own advocate. Um, don't be afraid to speak up for yourself and advocate for yourself in a situation. If there's something that you don't agree with, you have the right to refuse. You have the right to say, no, I don't think I want that. Um, just like my personal experience, when I was getting braces, I was entering this area of orthodontia and it was unknown to me at the time. And I didn't know what my options were. So I went into the orthodontist and she's like, she showed me these molds. My teeth were like jacked up. And she's like, hey, dog, <laughs> these teeth are jacked up. All right. So we're going to have to do a miracle to get these right. And her first two options were not viable options to me. But I was not you rude to, to have her. headgear and stuff. She wanted Man, to- listen, she wanted to break and reset my jaw. Ooh. And I said, option two is. And then she wanted to use like cautery and split my hard palate. And I said, option three would be. <laughs> Because I just, those weren't viable options for me. And I didn't think that it was the best mode of care. And she said, well, your final option is to just put the braces on and let's see what happens. And lo and behold, that worked for me. And so in that moment, I advocated for myself. I had no knowledge of orthodontia or what should happen. I know what I had heard. But I mean, my situation is different from other people's and my bone structure and all that Mm -hmm. stuff is just different. And so it's totally fair and you're well within your rights to ask what your options are. Um, And do be that that patient who can say, I don't think that that's the best option for me or I'd like some time to think those things over. And that's perfectly fine. Um, Also, you always want to engage in mutual respect. already talked about that. And so when voicing your opinions and stuff like that, always be respectful of your caregivers in an acute care setting or otherwise, I know me myself personally. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't want to talk crazy to nobody who's controlling my pain meds or whatever. My life. Or my life, yes. you know, my that. livelihood my in any way. <laughs> like, I'm going to try not to go off yeah. on somebody who can give me pain medicine when I'm actually in pain. Mm-hmm. That's probably not the best idea. So, you know, just be polite, have mutual respect and understand that you're dealing with another human being in this situation and and what you give is what you're going to get. One of my huge, huge pet peeves, too, is like if I'm taking care of a patient and I go in and I talk to that patient and they say nothing. And I'm like and I've been known to ask a patient, like, do you talk? Are you mute? You know, because it's important for me to build some sort of rapport with my patients, be able to communicate with them. And if you're just lying there looking at me like I have four eyes or like I'm not speaking the same language, that can be really frustrating. And it's hard for me to get you the best care that you need in that moment. So do be an effective communicator with your your caregivers and speak for yourself. You know, it's hard to. Um, get treatment 
secondhand. So if I ask you, would you like some pain medicine and your spouse answers, well, your spouse isn't my patient. And so I can't honor that response. Um, another thing would be do your research, get a second opinion. And I'm not talking about Googling a symptom. <laughs> Dr. Google. Right. Dr. Google. Right. <laughs> talking about googling that thing and then bringing it into your md mm-hmm. you know to someone who's been to four years undergrad four years of med school and however many years Damn of residency <laughs> and then come to work every day year after year like google doesn't hold a candle to that person and so you should do your your research and ask you know be informed get some information from your caregiver like hey i saw this what do you think about that and actually have a real conversation with that person and don't be afraid to get a second opinion go to somebody else you may want a more holistic approach as opposed to cut or medication maybe you want to go to a chiropractor and i get back surgery mm-hmm. well within your rights it's a free country mm-hmm. that's the beauty of our healthcare system here Um, And one of my final, like, what you won't do is treat us like we can predict the future. (laughs) Like, like I literally don't know what time your baby is going to come out of your vagina. I literally cannot predict whether or not you should go to work and then come back after work. In order to miss or not miss the birth of your baby. Yes, I've been doing this for a long time, but I promise you, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm usually, I try not to be like flip, but they'll be like, so, I mean, how much time do you think it'll be before she gets to 10? And I'm like, I'm literally like Kanye shrug, hunching my shoulders. Only God knows. Okay. I could guess, but this guess is going to be so vague is basically not even going to be worth the time it is going to take for me to spit it out. So, yeah, that's that's my <laughs> spiel. Those are some of my, like, pet pet peeves and call light riding. Uh-oh. You know. What does that mean, Tash? Call light riding is, <laughs> ding. Yes, may I help you? Can I have a pillow? Sure, I'll be right there. Nurse brings pillow. <laughs> Nurse leaves the room. Ding. Yeah, may I help you? May I have a Coke? Sure, be right there. Nurse brings Coke. Nurse says, hey, is there anything else I could do for you, get for you while I'm here? Uh, patient thinks. Mm, no, no, I think I'm good now. I think I'm good. Nurse leaves room. Ding. Can I have a blanket? You know, see, stuff like that. <laughs> Stuff like that makes a 12-hour shift feels like 24. Wow. And we're going to need you to think about whatever it is you need and cluster your care. Yeah, help me cluster your care. Help me, because Mm -hmm. if each patient that I have attacks, like, their their needs and their method of getting things from me in that manner, like, do you know how many steps I'm going to put in for today? 20,000? You're going to be fit, though. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna be, be tied. <laughs> Ooh, hashtag fit to be tied. Hashtag fit to be tied. Hashtag fit my foot up your ass is what it's called. Oh, oh, oh. that's what it's gonna be. Hashtag listen. Get your life. L I S S E N. 
listen. <laughs> Hashtag please stop. That's funny. So I have a few too. So I would like to piggyback a little bit off of yours, Tasha, when you were talking about um, communicating particularly. I just want to give patients permission to communicate mm-hmm. because a lot of times they don't realize that they themselves are part of their care team, Absolutely. right? Or their children's. As a parent, as a parent, you are part of the care team. And so you, I give you permission. You have here been granted <laughs> permission to participate, be an active participant in your care, um, in your care team. And so um, the doctors actually work for you. Mm-hmm. The nurses actually work for you. And so don't abuse that, though. Don't abuse <laughs> it. But don't also do not allow yourself to be abused right. um, or mm-hmm. fall victim to this white coat syndrome where you're scared of the white coat. You see the stethoscope and you're afraid of that. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all human. Like you said, we're not God. Mm-hmm. We're human. And so are you. And so we expect we want we desire we hope that you would communicate your needs or the needs of your children. Um, if they, if you have a pediatric child, or, you know, um, who cannot speak for themselves or cannot advocate for themselves, um, of course, we want you to participate in their care. Or elderly. Or elderly mm-hmm. patients, too. That is so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's true. Or an unconscious patient who maybe can't speak for themselves. That's true. And so I want to say that in that... Um, advocating so ask questions so often I see as a nurse I would see a doctor come in and round on a patient and so also talking about you talked about how they'll ask the doctor for pain medicine mm-hmm. and say they're in so much pain um, also I see the doctor educating a family or a patient about something that is to come or something that has happened and they'll say all right you have any questions and the patient will say no and then I'm looking at the patient seeing confusion all up and mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. right and so before I learned to ask while the doctor was still there the doctor would leave and they would be like so now what did he mean or what what did he say and so then I have to explain it all over again in hopes that they'll get it this time you or you as a patient will get it this time and so as I figured it out, I started asking while the doctor was bedside mm-hmm. and say, did you get that? Do you understand that? Did, mm-hmm. you, did he explain that well for you? Um, and so ask questions and you are permitted to ask as many questions as you need to ask until we explain things to you at a level that you can understand. Absolutely. And so don't be fearful of how much education you think we have in comparison to how much education you may have. Because there is no hierarchy. Because there is no hierarchy. And if there is, you, honey, are at at the the top. top. Mm -hmm. And so take part in your care or the care of your child. And also you talked about getting a second opinion. Um, I think that is so true. I once took took care of a a mom who um, was showing to me as a lactation consultant, she was showing signs of infection. She had pain. She had um, flu-like symptoms, but she didn't have a fever, right? And so atypical, what we would call atypical or not a usual sign of infection, because typically for us, a fever is the first sign of infection, right? But pain... septic already. Right. Pain (laughs) is not always... um, Pain is never normal, right? Mm -hmm. And so this, this woman went to the doctor and 
told the doctor her symptoms and he was like oh you're fine I'm thinking you know just go lay down and get some rest and whatever and so um, she did she wasn't comfortable with that as an answer but she did and it never went away she continued to have pain she continued to feel sicker and so I encouraged her go back to the doctor and so she did and at this point she developed an abscess and so of course at that point the doctor treated her but I want to say that's that story reminds me to all to never leave a doctor's office or never leave the hospital or never leave uh, a care setting, whatever it is, if I'm not comfortable with the answers that the doctor is giving me, because even if your second opinion happens right there in that facility with another physician or another practitioner, you can get the care that you need and deserve um, before you go home and something Worse happens. Something you also um, have a right to do. Something you have a right to do. Another care provider. You have a right to request another care provider, and so I want I kind of lumped do's and don'ts right in there together. Mm-hmm. Um, also, do allow us to treat your pain, and so if you're in the hospital for whatever reason, right? Unless you are, you know, labor to me is the only. Uh, alternative to this suggestion if you want to have a natural labor right if that is your goal to have a natural labor then <laughs> tip is saying no, oh, no. tip it's is like, saying no it's, so, it's a no for me strong so, head shake yeah. over here it's wow <laughs> we're gonna have to talk to y'all but that's another shift so if that is your goal to have a natural labor because you understand the benefits of natural labor, mm-hmm. then that's cool. But if you're in, if you're in the hospital because you having um, leg pain or joint pain or chest pain or back pain or whatever, um, allow us to treat your pain. You don't have to sit in here with a broken limb and not request any pain medicine. Now, sometimes I know that it can be cultural, right? Like we talked a little bit ago about pain is what the patient said that it is. You mentioned mm-hmm. that, and so. I know sometimes we as nurses expect for a patient to be, um, you know, hunched over, um, wailing and, yeah, gnashing, their and gnashing their teeth if they're in pain. And you can, if it's not cultural for you to behave that way, that's cool. Just let me know that you're in pain so that I can get you comfortable. Because the thing about pain is, is that it progressively gets worse. And so if your pain becomes so out of control that you can no longer tolerate it, and that's when you want to tell me it's going to take me that much longer or that much more medication to get your pain to a manageable level. So if you tell me when you first start experiencing pain, then I'm much more able to help you to manage that pain. And when you're in the hospital, you're there to be well. You're there to get well. You're there to get some rest if you can. You're there to not to be in pain. So now is not the time to... Uh, to he be a superwoman or yeah, Superman. It's not not the appropriate time for that. So ex- express your pain, however you do, and um, allow us to to treat your pain. What about addiction to pain medicine? Because a lot of people use that as right. an excuse or a justification not to take pain meds. How do we? Do you mean like educate them about that? So you're saying when patients want to refuse. Um, high level or narcotic pain medication for the fear of becoming addicted is that what you mean mm-hmm. or any pain meds you know a lot of people oh I don't take pills like mm-hmm. that I ain't trying to be addicted mm-hmm. yada yada and they don't understand the, the like efficacy the of the drug mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so yeah 
you want to handle that, Tiff? You deal with probably a lot more narcotic pain medicine than... And like uh, Ryan was saying, the big thing about pain is when pain starts to get out of control, it can affect other things within your body. The addiction part doesn't... When we're treating you for pain that you have actively, there's no addiction to the medication from that. The addiction comes when you continue to take those meds and there's no pain. So that's when the addiction piece comes. Um, But if you're in acute pain, your leg is split in half, take the Dilaudid, take the morphine, take the take what we will give you that keeps you breathing and Mm -hmm. be comfortable. That's what these meds are for. They're amazing meds. They do work wonderfully Mm -hmm. and let us give them to you. Um, If you don't take the pain medicines and you continue to suffer, your heart rate can get crazy elevated, your blood pressure goes up, you're breathing too fast, you're hyperventilating, you have an anxiety attack, Mm -hmm. like all these bad things. Now you're cold blue because you didn't want to take pain medicine. (laughs) You've activated the stress response. Now now I'm doing compressions on your chest because you wouldn't take pain medicine. Just take the medication. (laughs) Don't. Yeah, a lot of people are worried about addiction, which is valid. I mean, there is this valid. is something that happens. It's a growing but, problem in our mm-hmm. society, but not in the way that no. people. If you have active it. pain, yes. mm-hmm. treat the active pain. Please, please let me help you. Let help me help you. Help me help you. <laughs> and so my last, um, my last. No, actually, this is wrong. I have a don't. Okay. Okay. Tell us. Don't be funky. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, really. I know emergencies come up, right? Like, you might have to go to the ER in the middle of the night, or you might be in the gym working out <laughs> on the Stairmaster, sweating all over it. And then you might have chest pain. You got to run to the ER, right? But if you are in the hospital for days. Please, babe. And you're and mobile. brush your damn teeth. <laughs> Don't be all breathing up in my face. Because you don't... <laughs> and you ain't ate nothing. Like, your breath smells like hungry. Your breath I mean, smells like something crawled in there Or your gums died. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Get yourself together. Personal mm-hmm. hygiene, that never goes out of the window. Mm-hmm. And so, no matter where you are, it's still a priority. It's still important. Daily activities of daily living and when someone offers it i.e your nurse do not turn that opportunity down see that's where y'all go wrong i don't ask patients if they want to take a shower we're gonna take a shower today it's usually i'm gonna go get you a a toothbrush and i'm you want to spit or do you want to get up to the sink Mm -hmm. and then i always play it up like now don't you feel better yeah you go ahead and get up you're gonna get in the shower i'm gonna wipe your bed down get your nice new linens get you some new this new new socks new gown and you're gonna feel so much better as a result and they do they do and i'm talking about listen it's helpful you know you coming in for a scheduled induction (laughs) you know you're coming in for a scheduled Mm c-section please take a shower definitely please get your vagina together Mm -hmm. people that is the one place Everybody is going to be. Mm -hmm. I don't want to smell. I don't want to know you like that. Mm -hmm. And don't be offended when a nurse takes it upon herself to wash you all the way down in the bed. I have done it. 
I'm sorry. Like the the cheddar cheese commercial where they're sh like grating cheese See, he's and they're like, cheese and hold about up, the and they're like, okay, no, say we're when. Talk about cheese. And the That's cheese is like up no, to the cheese. ceiling. That's me with the soap. Like yeah, I do go over I am it. pumping the foam soap you until it is touching the ceiling. Control. I don't care. I will empty it on the patient who's fishy. I will. I go in and I'll be like, listen, we're about to get this all the way right. I'm just saying, I ain't never go into labor into the hospital. My water was broken. I hopped in the shower. Because the baby ain't fishing. Because are right you away. kidding me? Mm -hmm. I'd be right. damned if I spread wide open for the physician. <laughs> Mm -mm. And they'll clear out a damn room <laughs> because I ain't take a shower. Make for... everybody, yeah, man. If you don't listen, feet too. Oh, please, Ooh, listen. This is not... Take off your shoe and a puff of green smoke comes out. <laughs> this is a problem. I this can. is literally an issue, dads. When you are in the listen, I will ask you to chop your foot off first. A puff of green Throw smoke. those feet in the trash. <laughs> you stop it. The whole damn foot. No, throw, throw them the socks away. Foot. Throw them boots away. I know you've been working all day, but sir, there is this is no not acceptable. Excuse. Your free toes, T-O-E-S, are all up in the hall, assaulting everybody's nose. Mm -mm. Get that together. Yeah. So that's one of that's 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 one of my don'ts. Sorry, I had to jump um, on the pin. Am I do? So this is for, I guess, a little bit of everybody. This is for visitors and also for the patient. Don't talk over your professional. So even if mm. you yourself, right? If you're a nurse, if you're a physician, if Ooh, you're a healthcare that. provider. That's great. We are happy for you. You are on a great path of success <laughs> in your life. But however, when you're here in this hospital, you are not on duty. And so even though you have the knowledge, you understand the disease process, you kind of know what may be going on. When the professional who works at this facility on this floor, who's taking care of this patient, walks in the room to provide education for you or your family member, just sit there and listen. Sit there and listen and smile and nod. And learn something. And, and learn something. And then after the care provider is done talking, then you may proceed with your questions if you don't understand or your um, advocacy if you would like to take this time to advocate for your family member. But this goes back to you, Tasha. Don't be rude. Mm -hmm. Respect. Mm -hmm. Just have basic respect, even if you're a caregiver. I mean, because one, I kind of don't care. <laughs> because I'm the nurse right now. I'm in charge. I'm running this show. This is my patient this right is now. Mine. <laughs> this is my room. Nurses are really territorial. We are territorial. I'm just mm -hmm. saying. I own you. Just mm -hmm. chill yeah. a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's all I have. Word. That was a good session. I think we got a, a nice little hold on the what you won't do and what you will do. What you should do. I think mm -hmm. what you should do is probably more important than mm -hmm. what you won't do. But mm -hmm. what you won't do, you shouldn't do. <laughs> so don't do. So don't. <laughs> so don't. All right. So moving right along this week, language <laughs> laceration. <laughs> My favorite time of the show. It's our favorite time oh of the show. God. So this week. Real, 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 real. What is the name of that? A bambalamps. Oh. No. Wait. An ambalamps? 
<laughs> ambulance. I had to take the ambulance to the ER. <laughs> Oh. Ambulance. Y'all. It's no P in it though. Ambulance. And it's only one M. Ambulance. How do you say it, Tiff? Ambulance. What? Ambulance. A little louder for those in the back. It is an ambulance. Ambulance. Yeah. Yes. It's easy. A bambulance. Can you use it in a sentence for us, Tash? Oh, my chest is hurting. I think I. I think I might be having a heart attack. Can someone please call the ambulance? I need help. It's good. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. I so. felt it too. Like I almost mm -hmm. had a thug tear <laughs> for you. For you there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, so y'all please stop stop lacerating that. Cause it's a mess. Tearing it up. It's a mess. Ambulance. Ambulance, a bamba lamps. Ambulance. And correct your children. <laughs> Well, they can't if they can't get it right. No, correct your children. <laughs> if We're they here to say help it you. wrong, hey, keep again. trying until their little tongue can get right. Yes, keep saying it. Make them practice. Ambulance. No. Ambulance. Bambalance. Ambulance. And ambulance. Thank you, too. So go. we hereby retire. <laughs> Anything other than ambulance is done. We're done. Finished. We're done with you. Mm -hmm. We don't. We don't want you anymore. What so next week. Next week. Pew 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 Get it. Uh. All right. All right. You went. Still going. All right. All right, so next week we actually gonna do part two of the hospital etiquette. Mm -hmm. What the nurse won't do. Or and the, the medical professional and the, and the, or the respiratory therapist. Anybody medical professionals, which yep. y'all won't do. Cause y'all be tripping sometimes too. Sometimes I be tripping. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get myself together next week. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we all gonna get snatched. Edges yep. gonna be gone by the time we finish. Hey, no, I need the edges. Mm -hmm. Can you Conscious get out of the middle? Is coming nope. for them all. I, I mm -hmm. can't get Snatching the edges. Them. Listen, Snatching I can't them. get in that kitchen I'm in the back. Feeling y'all taking it all. Not the kitchens. Why does a little I need them? See the white people going to the kitchen. What is the kitchen exactly? Not even doing. We gave that up for Lent. This can be nothing. Now. It's a language lack. Mm -mm. Nope. Kitchens. All right. So next week, we said we're talking about this part two. Part two. And so that is it. So again, hit us up. Send us some email questions at GetSedated705. That's G-E-T-S-E-D-A-T-E-D-705 at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at GetSedated705. Instagram, we switched it up on y'all. It's going to be conscious, C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S underscore sedation. Holla back, y'all. It's been real. See you next week. Peace out.